Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. We thank you for joining us once again. In today's episode, we have a range of great topics for you guys for this Bears offseason. And the first one we're going to be talking about is Matt Nagy calling off the Bears virtual offseason early, kind of a skeptical move by the head coach of the Chicago Bears, considering the underwhelming performance of last season. Following that, we will be going over how COVID-19 may actually alter the 2020 NFL season, some in the Bears' favor and some against us. And then finally, for the flagship topic of the show, we're going to be going over the players who we love that may have a limited time with the Bears following the season. Uh, There's a lot of players on this Bears roster that we could be moving on potentially from soon, and we're just going to be kind of talking about more long-term outlook this episode. But before we get into the show, we want to thank you guys so much. If you're a new listener, um, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Go ahead, subscribe to us so you can listen to the podcast every single week. It helps us out. Um, It also allows you to know exactly when we are posting. And also, if you guys have a chance, go ahead and check out our YouTube channel. Just type in Bear Necessities Chicago Bears Podcast, and we're going to be the top result for you guys. We're uploading a bunch of exclusive content there, so make sure you check us out on that. If you're coming from YouTube, welcome to the podcast. This is our bread and butter. We love this podcast. We've been putting a ton of effort into it, and we have great plans for our growth in the future. And one final note before we get into the show, please go ahead and give us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. That helps our rankings tremendously and we really appreciate it. We're trying to work really hard for you guys and we would just love if you would give us that little bit of reaffirmation um, just you know, letting us know you liked the podcast. So with that, everybody, enjoy the show and make sure to tune in later this week for once again another Bear Necessities episode, this time power ranking the Chicago Bears against all the other NFL teams. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. Wow, I mean, that last episode that we did was pretty fun with Foz Sports, and uh, I hope you guys understand we decided not to uh, release an episode for an entire week just to kind of respect the situation and everything that's going on in America. Uh, I know Reese and I, we both uh, we're, are, keep very... Uh, we, 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 we care a lot about the issue and we, we, we track it very well. So uh, we just wanted to, you know, out of respect, hold off on that and um, just wait for that. But we, we also had this great episode with Foz uh, that, that, that ended up coming, that we ended up putting together. So, um, yeah, we, we didn't want to just, we wanted to respect the moment. And, um, but otherwise, it seems like uh, people are still protesting well. People are still uh, keeping on with the issue, uh, which I know we're happy about. But other than that, Reese, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. I mean, Going back to our last episode, it was definitely, you know, an, almost an honor in a way to do an episode with Foz. I mean, it was definitely, I had a lot of fun kind of bouncing ideas off of him and, you know, just the whole topic that we had lined up. So if y'all haven't checked that out, make sure you go back and, and give that a listen. But yeah, definitely excited to, uh, you know, get back and, you know, back to the usual me and you for at least this episode. But I know that we mm-hmm. got some more things lined up in the future, which I'm also excited to get into. So yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, it was really interesting with Foz. You never really know with um, people who who use YouTube as their platform how well spoken they actually are because they have the opportunity, you know, go back, edit out parts of the video that they don't like. And you know, we do that to a certain degree, but for the most part, our podcasts are you know one take. We we you know we 
embrace i feel like some of the flaws that we have even even when we you know mess up on a name or something we, we tend to keep that in there and just you know it's funny because it's it's what it's what actually happens you know like a lot of these podcasts they focus so much on being perfect that it can come across as you know in in uh ingenuine and and not not the not the most authentic version of ourselves like i think that we're we're trying to uh portray reese but yeah faz great guy um did it we we talked with him before the show he's just an, an awesome guy we really appreciated him coming on the show um and obviously giving us a shout out if you are one of his listeners we appreciate um your continued listenership uh, we have great plans for the show we have a ton of ton of new things coming up and i know uh we're gonna have a member and the actually the host of the bared down podcast uh, coming on our show next week to talk a little bit about power ranking the bears um in in the current state of the nfl kind of going through every single team and uh deciding where the bears kind of fall through so we're excited for that um but but this week we have a wide range of topics to go through in and of itself um the first one being the bears and matt Nagy decided to call off the virtual off season early reese why don't you go ahead and start us off with this one yeah i mean uh I, I think I really understand the decision. I think there's only so much football you can really do over, you know, like a, a Zoom call because that's honestly what was going on. It was just, you know, one large Zoom call. Of course, I, we don't have too much insight in what was actually going on, but I'm sure it was a lot of, like, play review, probably a lot of film review because, of course, you know, on Zoom calls you have the opportunity to, you know, kind of put that video up there so everyone can watch it, see it, and kind of comment on it. So it's definitely a constructive, and I think it's good for the early stages of the offseason, but it's definitely not something that can really replace a lot of the drills that you would do in, like, OTAs and mini camps. And I, I believe they did about nine weeks of it. So, it, it honestly, it makes sense that it would, you know, wrap up around now because there's only so much drilling of, of the playbook and all that. And, of course, knowing the plays and everything is something that you need to continue to do throughout the season. But, you know, before you're even able to see anyone, you know, do any drills with contact or do any drills where you can actually walk through those plays. It's really hard to kind of work on anything further. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And you know, on that, on that side of it, I do understand the decision of Matt Nagy, but I have to say that if they don't do good this year, or they get off to a slow start. This is going to be another th- one of those things that Nagy is <laughs> just going to get rammed for. You know, we heard all of last season about how Nagy didn't even decide to play his starters in the preseason whatsoever, and everyone kind of made that a bigger deal than I think uh, ended up than it ended up becoming. Um, and you know, it. If I was Matt Nagy, you're going into kind of a uh, uh, an area in your job where there's an opportunity you might get fired. And you don't want to give yourself a reason to look stupid in any way, shape, or form, even if in reality it's not actually all that important. And I agree with you, Reese. I think that the the the, the um, virtual offseason is kind of limited in its effectiveness, but it is something that's going to be overblown by the media 100%. So... You know, I have to say that, like logically, I I don't think it is going to make a overly good or overly bad impact on the team. I think it's probably rewarding for some of the players. I'm sure they're tired of the virtual offseason as well. It's probably very annoying and and very uh, irritating to to do, as I can imagine, going through online classes for an entire semester. But I don't know on Matt Nagy's end if that's going to be the right look for him. It definitely it definitely makes them stick out, right? I mean. 
Of course, he was the first one. I think he's the only one to do it so far. I'm sure some teams maybe eventually will follow suit. But, yeah, I mean, right, with someone that's kind of – he's not really quite on the hot seat, but if things start to go the wrong way, he could very quickly be on the hot seat. Easily. And and you did bring up a good point. I told you about last preseason, but, you know, looking back at it, you know, all those reps that Mitchell Trubisky didn't get during last preseason seemed like it kind of was a mistake, you know. I mean, we were a lot higher. We expected uh, Mitchell Trubisky to take a big step up last season that we didn't quite Mm -hmm. see. And, you know, even then there was a lot being said that, you know, why isn't Trubisky getting the reps? He's not like Tom Brady. He's not one of these <laughs> Drew Brees season-like quarterbacks, you know, that they have everything down in the back of the hand. They've been in systems for a long time. You know, he's still younger. He could still improve. I mean, that was definitely clear. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's a little bit of arrogance there on Matt Nagy's part. And I think Matt Nagy is a little bit of an arrogant coach at times, and we do see mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, of course, you know, we've talked about it pretty extensively. It does not do well with the media sometimes because he's pretty, pretty strong to, you know, his thoughts and his beliefs. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. We could be looking back at this going, wow, this was just a, yet another mistake, or, you know, it won't be a big deal and we won't be talking about it at all. Yeah, 100%. And ultimately, I think it's something that we'll probably end up forgetting. I think that it's pretty common for coaches in a regular season to call off um, like mini camps pretty like a little bit early. It's not that big of a deal, but in this current state, you just we really have no idea how much preparation that you need. And it, it's really hard because you can't say that. I mean, obviously this year it's going to be a lot less important than it would have been, you know, last year or the year before where they they just really had no foundation to be building off of. But still, it's going to look kind of questionable. And also when it comes to evaluating Mitch and Foles, like it's going to be it's going to make Matt Nagy's job a little bit harder. Um, And I do I do hope that he is continuing uh, to, you know, be in contact with these players and also help them with stuff. And it's just the meetings that are being called off and they're still going to be, you know, constant and communication which is what i assume it's going to be and but that's really all that i think we can say about this it's not really going to be that big of a big of a deal it's not really going to be all that impactful this for the season my biggest concern was solely just how it may look on matt Nagy. so moving on to the second topic that we have today we've talked a lot about how COVID 19 may impact the bears how it impacted the off season um, but today we're going to be talking about how it may actually alter the 2020 NFL season. Um, the first thing off the bat that uh, that when I look at this, um, I notice is I think there's going to be a lot less pressure and distraction on players during this season because there's not going to be fans in the stadium. Right. And now, I funny enough, we talked about in a previous episode that actually might positively impact Mitchell Trubisky. Mr. Trubisky might have a, a lot better year than we might think because, you know, he's someone who in pressure isn't the best. And when there's a lot of stuff going on and he gets kind of, you know, it, it seems like he kind of loses his mind and doesn't think clearly. So even if Mitchell Trubisky has a great year this year, I'd still be a little bit hesitant to hand him over some money because it's like this is such an unprecedented NFL season. Yeah, there's a little bit of... Uh... It's going to change like inner like scouting, like self-scouting a lot because, you know, maybe not so much for other positions where the mental component isn't so much a part of it, but definitely for the quarterback position. And, and so much is going to be different. I mean, you know, like you said, we have talked about what the offseason is going to look like. You know, it's going to be crazy. We don't know even what training camp is going to look like. How is that going to 
play out with the Bears quarterback competition. That's going to be crazy to look at. We could be really in a very odd situation there in judging which one of those quarterbacks is the best one for the team. But also, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think a lot of people threw around the jokes quite immediately when, you know, it kind of became clear that we're, it's very unlikely we're going to get to see any fans in the stadium that, you know, hey, like this could work out perfectly for Mitch because, of course, you know, last season he requested <laughs> that all the TVs be turned off in Hallows Hall. There you go. And, you know, all that. So, it you know, it kind of became like a meme pretty quickly. But in all seriousness, I think there's something very, very real to be said about that. And, you know, on the flip side, you know, Nick Foles is kind of the opposite. He's someone that kind of feeds mm-hmm. off pressure. He's great in those situations. And, and not that I think he would do any worse, but it kind of shortens that gap between them, right? I mean, yeah. that mental strength that Nick Foles has, especially playing down – you know the latter half of the season all that maybe that doesn't make as big of a difference because there aren't fans there you know with that being said we don't really know what impact not having fans is going to have because we have nothing to base it off of we've never seen a situation Mm -hmm. quite like this before so it's really going to be touch and go and and (laughs) just have to see how it plays out you know in all honesty it's going to be pretty crazy it's going to be a very unique nfl season um, hopefully we'll make it through the entire thing. Another another uh, piece of news that I saw pretty recently is that there's a potential that the NFL has been working with Rydell and 3M to try to be able to fit a mask inside of the helmet. Now, I don't know exactly how this would come to reality. I think it would be possibly smart if the face guards were just completely solid and there weren't gaps. So maybe like, you know, coughing or like, like, you know, like the more bigger, um, you know, saliva particles and everything gets caught there. Um, But ultimately, it's going to be really difficult preventing transmission of COVID-19 to other players. my biggest question is when the season starts, which I do believe it will, I believe that the NFL season will start and I believe it will start on time. Um, but when it does start, what happens when a player tests positive? Do you like, do you have to call the game? Like, do you have to like, are you, cause just because of the whole, how long it takes for symptoms to develop and the possibility, I know that the uh, WHO actually came out and said that it's becoming, it's becoming more apparent that, you know, people who are asymptomatic might not be able to spread the virus Um, but they walked back on that a little bit but so if someone on your team does catch covid then you automatically have like a four to two week period where you're going to see other players potentially get it right so what happens in those two weeks do you call games against other teams or do you like 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 what is the profound effect? Or are you just going to keep that one player out? Which seems like it's going to be a disaster if that is the case. And then another thing is Bruce Arians. He talked this week um, on a radio call, I believe. I can't remember exactly where. Talking about the importance of depth, right? It's going to be so important this offseason to have a very depthy team because you don't know when your star player is going to randomly catch COVID and it's going to turn the entire team on its head. It's not like an injury. Like this stuff is happening a lot more commonly than yeah. than an injury. You know, it, it, it can literally just be this player goes to the grocery store and gets sick and is out for two weeks. So it's going to be very important that you have a lot of depth on your roster. And I think the Bears, you know, out even you know what even in the offensive line they have some decent depth pieces that would really that's going to really benefit them this offseason and another thing um, before I let you talk Reese that Bruce Arians wanted to hit on is he talked about the possibility that he might actually keep his 
QB3 in a separate room from the other quarterbacks because of this idea that like, you know, if one wide receiver you have gets the gets coronavirus, he's in constant contact with all of the other wide receivers. So there's a good chance that literally your entire wide receiver core could be gone in a matter of four days. Yeah. So um, it, it really hits on this concept that teams are going to have to think very, very carefully about the ways they interact with each other. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a year for these super intelligent coaches. And I hate to say it, but like, you know, the Patriots I think could be a very strong team because I feel like Bill yeah. Belichick is just someone that thinks through all these things. You know, Bruce Arians, I mean, he's someone that comes up with an idea like that. Keeping the QB three, even keeping a QB three on the roster is kind of unheard of these mm-hmm. days. And then keeping him in a separate room, all that kind of thing. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of coaches that are trying different things. I think some of, you know kind of the bigger names that we we associate with success like Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, you know, Bruce Arians to a certain extent, you know. Uh, if you want to throw McVay in there, who knows? But <laughs> but I, I think we're going to get to see some very interesting tactics. Um, and as for, you know, if a player comes down with COVID-19, I, I think there's just going to be very heavy testing. You know, I'm sure they're going to be testing yeah. just about before everything, before practices, certainly before games. Um, you know, we're just going to see. I think it's just going to be a bevy of testing. And yeah, I think if you are you test positive, then obviously you're going to be you know self isolated away from everyone else on the team. Mm-hmm. But I think if other people test negative, then they'll probably have the chance to play I, I think that's what makes sense it'll be interesting to see with these the whole face mask situation to see what comes of that i have seen like those proposals and all that i know i think the first one i th- saw was uh shut but it doesn't surprise me that riddell is getting in on it um so yeah i mean and i think there's other things that come with that too i mean having like a full face mask like that do you get like a fogging issue? Are players not going to be able to mm-hmm. see? Is there some kind of like safety thing behind that? Of course, true. the immediate threat is COVID nineteen. So I get the wanting to prevent droplets and all that, but there's a lot of other things you have to take in consideration with it all. And ultimately, it's just gonna we're have to have to wait and see. You know, just with everything else with this whole situation, it's so applicable to everything else that has been going on in the world around us. Where it's just kind of you have to get the facts as they come and then respond accordingly. So here, this kind of hits on an idea that we've been talking about extensively on this podcast. And I hate to bring it up again because I feel like we bring it up all the time. But this is just another reason why the Bears should still consider bringing in Cam Newton. Is that we need so much depth at every single position, right? You need an incredible amount of depth to ensure yourself. And if one quarterback gets this, if Mitch Trubisky gets... COVID-19 somehow which it wouldn't surprise me if he's the quarterback that does get it because I feel like out of the two of them he's going to be the more irresponsible one um, Nick Foles is of a huge likelihood to getting COVID-19 as well because he's going to be interacting with him on a daily basis right why not add another quarterback to this mix that you 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 at least believe in I mean the benefit of having Cam Newton as a QB3 is that he doesn't even need to know the offense that well because he could just make so much based on his legs alone and just on these explosive plays. Like He he isn't going to be the most consistent, the most system-driven quarterback, but he can make up a lot on his own. So I think like as a quarterback three in this offense, I mean, perfect, absolutely perfect. All you could, all you could desire, truthfully. 
yeah, building building off of that, I mean, I think ultimately you're just going to want more athletes kind of this coming year too. Some players have Very a lot true. more flexibility. I think that plays kind of well into the Bears' hands in general because they have a lot of players that can kind of bounce around the field and play multiple positions. But And not that you necessarily want to flex Cam Newton out in other places, but you could if you had to, you know. I'm not out here trying to pull the whole, like, Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver kind of thing, but, like, mm-hmm. Cam Newton could play, like, some other position if he needed to. I mean, yeah. he's, like, big enough to play, like, a tight end. So if yeah. you needed him to, like, fill in somewhere... You know, even if, like, there was no need to have a QB3, like, that man can go out and ball probably just about anywhere on the on the football field. So, I mean, honestly, I, at this point, I wouldn't – I haven't hated that idea the whole time. I, I You know, Cam Newton is – he's a former MVP. Of course, he's had, you know, issues with injuries kind of recently, and he's fallen out of favor with the Carolina Panthers. But, man, that guy, when he's playing at the top of his game, it just plays some unbelievable football. Yeah, 100%. And I think that the the biggest takeaway that we have to think about this coming NFL season is that the team who wins the Super Bowl is going to be, I mean, there's an opportunity. It might be Kansas City, maybe, who knows, like a a really good team. But I have a feeling that's going to be kind of a really random team because you have to treat every single team this year like they have extensive injury issues. Like, you just, you don't know which team is going to one week just not have half of their starters. You know, and it could, like, it could it, change it, in the night before the game, too, not to cut yeah. you off, but just because you get that, what, injury reports usually come out on Friday, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. people usually base a lot, like who they're going to start on fantasy and all that. Someone could get this, you know, or they could not suspect that they're going to test positive for it, and then they could come in on game day, test positive, and next thing you know, the whole game plan goes out the window. So there's just going to need to be some absolute incredible flexibility. Yeah, and and for both teams. I mean, you could be planning on having to stop someone and he's not even playing in the game. 100%. So it's going to be really, really difficult for NFL teams, and it's going to put a lot of stress and pressure on coaching staffs. Hopefully this benefits the Bears more than it hurts them, but I have a feeling the teams that we're going to see have more extended success are these going to be these warm climate teams. Because it seems like these warm climate teams are having the 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 like the easiest time handling the outbreak. I know for you know one instance, uh, obviously living in Los Angeles, um, currently in Chicago right now though, so that's good. But living in Los Angeles, uh, we actually had the exact same number of COVID cases as New York City um, right in the beginning. But because we had a warmer climate and because, I mean, there are some actions we took differently, but mainly because we had a warmer climate, our outbreak wasn't nearly as bad as New York City's, not even remotely close to as bad as New York City's. So you got to look at like, you know, Chicago that, I mean, we're a cold weather team. We, we, we are probably of a higher risk than somewhere like Arizona. The other thing that I think we need to recognize is that who the hell knows how these teams in, you know, Florida, um, you know, the Falcons in Georgia, like all these teams in the in the southeast who are, are in areas that aren't taking this seriously, right, are going to respond because they're not reporting their COVID numbers right now. So you, you, you may not be seeing on the news that these places are having outbreaks, but they're also not reporting their numbers. And whether or not you believe COVID is a big threat or not, I know there's a lot of people now who 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 believe that it's just a hoax or whatever. I, I, I heavily disagree with you. Um, that be, that being said, um, if someone has it, they're going they're not going to be included in the game if you like it or not. Right. So 
I mean, look at Tampa Bay. They just spent a huge offseason betting on this year. And their 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 state is also not taking this shit seriously. So who knows how many uh how many people are gonna get COVID there? Apparently in Florida it's like really bad right now. I mean that's kinda of what I've heard. Not that that that's what too we far. that's what we can assume, but we really have no clue because they're yeah, not reporting their numbers. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, we don't. <laughs> who knows at this point? And yeah, I mean, it kind of it's going to be a season where how different states react. I mean, here in Illinois, what the flu season starts in like late September because the temperatures mm-hmm. start to fall off, and I don't know where how it is other places. That's I've not always, good. I've always lived in this good. in this. I've always lived in this state. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy that, you know, honestly, where you're from, you know, kind of what's going on, like, locally is going to play a, probably a much bigger part on the NFL season than it really ever would, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, where you're actually from does make a difference, you know, especially, I think, because this plan is still to, you know, play in each other's stadiums. I don't think the NFL has really made a comment on, like, because I know, like, the NBA, for example, is playing in Orlando, you know, and all in one area. I don't think the NFL has necessarily made a call like that to play in a single city mm-hmm. yet. How about instead of an NFL season, if the NFL just have all the head coaches play Madden against each other <laughs> head to head and simulate a season? God, I I just hope that we're able to get a full season, truthfully. Like, I don't, we're in a, the NFL season is in a really difficult part of the year for this. And I'm, I can't I can't say that I'm all too confident that we're gonna be able to 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 play the entire season. I, I, I really can't say that. I, I think right. We can't make any promises. I feel this is the NFL. I mean the NFL will do anything to make a dollar. Um, not to make them sound bad in that, right? I mean, there's a lot of kind of bad things the NFL has done, but the NFL is very strongly focused on on profits and you know, mm-hmm. making having each team make money. They're very good at revenue sharing, doing gate sharing with you know ticket sales and all that. 100%. The NFL is a very well run business. Uh, you know, I think they would do just about for anything the owners, in, <laughs> right? Yeah, for the owners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think the NFL would do just about anything in their power to at least see the season come to some sort of conclusion. But you know, yeah, at this point, you know, everything is kind of off the table. You don't really know what's gonna what's gonna happen. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw actually a condensed playoff bracket, um, kind of in a different form of what the NBA is doing. If they just like towards the end of the season, they just call it and it's like top four teams are just going to go for it. Like college football style. Just like an Um, AFC championship and like an NFC championship. And yeah. Yeah. Just to just like conclude it really quickly. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna be really interesting. I I wonder if there's gonna be any sort of like restrictions on what players can do. You know, like are teams going to like be finding players for, you know, going out to dinner and stuff? Like like what like what where where does where are teams? You gotta bet you better hope that you have a responsible team. And that's one thing that does benefit the Bears is we have a lot of good guys, guys that hold themselves individually accountable. So that's a huge benefit. But, you know, if I was, I don't know, Jacksonville right now, I'd be pretty fucking scared right now. I'd be pretty <laughs> scared right now. My yeah. team, in Florida, too. I, my guess is that Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get the worst outbreak out of everyone because their players are, are kind of uh, kind of uh, nimwits, to say the least. 
And uh, they're in a really bad state right now for that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, of course I called from, you know, Roquan Smith to have a great season. I'm really hoping for him too, but he's already had made some decisions that maybe uh, would say that you know he maybe won't be the most responsible. But we'll see how that all plays out. I'm sure that there'll be pretty stern uh, talkings to. I'm sure each organization will handle things differently. I'm sure the Bears as an organization will handle things pretty tightly because that's just how the Bears do things. Uh, they really try to always come off with the best media kind of presence. You know, they always kind of. They're very aware of their image, I guess is probably the best way to put it. So, And what scares me even more is that players in, at Alabama, they just came back for uh, training camp, and they're already having issues with COVID. They had one player test positive, and then four other players did. So, you know, I mean, I get, it's it's a very frustrating situation. You know, I hope that it works out. It kind of – it might actually benefit the Bears in a way because we might actually have an opportunity to, like, um, just kind of fast forward a year and get the quarterback um, that we need. But at the same time, you just never really know. Um, then another thing, this is this is a really concerning thing. Is how is the salary cap going to work this coming season? Because for those of you who don't know, the salary cap is based off of league revenue. It's a certain percentage of league revenue. So as league revenue goes up, the salary cap goes up. And I think over the past like 40 years or something, there has never ever been a decline in salary cap it, it actually tends to increase about an average of 10 million dollars a year this year though without fans in the stadium with with all these different covid restrictions and, and everything how the hell are is the nfl going to make up enough revenue to actually even match the salary cap from last year it's not going to happen. It, it, it's not going to happen. And for the first time ever, we might see the salary cap actually drop, which, yeah. you know, for teams like the Bears who have a lot of big contracts, that is bad. Very, very bad. It's going to push you into a lot of difficult situations. How I think the NFL should handle this is I think that they need to, they need to, for this one year, um, they need they need to um bail essentially bail out these teams and they need they need to they need to put them they need to up uphold the current salary cap growth. Teams were expecting a ten million dollar growth. They should um they should continue to hold that up. I think it'll be very interesting. Um, you know, it kind of does lead the us. The Colts into our- sitting there laughing their asses off with their eighty million dollars <laughs> in cap space. Yeah, right. Exactly. They're they're rolling around like you know some pigs in mud or something i don't know uh mm-hmm. stupid analogy i don't know what to say but uh <laughs> i do think that was a great analogy <laughs> thank you um what i will say though is i don't know how many people on our podcast like especially you know in the chicago area pay attention to hockey but you know the blackhawks had their success in this past decade you know winning the three stanley cups but the nhl is not quite as well run of uh, business as the NFL is, and and they do see their salary cap go down because league revenue does go down, Oof. and that kind of destroyed the Blackhawks, like as we know it. You know, I mean, they're a team that you know they need, like you said, they have big contracts. Um, they kind of want to see the league revenue keep going up, so the salary cap goes up, so they can afford those players and also continue to bring new people in. But you know, instead, quite the opposite happened. They had to get rid of a lot of their players and kind of patch things together as they could. And, and I think we could see something similar to that. And like you said, that would hurt 
the Bears, you know, quite substantially. And, and it kind of does Very listen, substantially. It does lead us into our next topic of, you know, what do the Bears want to do in 2021 mm-hmm. with some of these contracts that are that are coming up. And, right, I mean, I think a lot is going to have to do about with how this salary uh, cap situation ends up playing out. I mean, if the NFL follows something like you, like you, you know, recommended, then, you know, you can kind of get away with, bringing in a player or two that maybe isn't quite as crucial but man if the salary cap goes down you're gonna have to be a lot more swift in your decision making um there's gonna have to be a lot of uh you know you're gonna have to probably make some cuts that you don't want to make and some pretty hard decisions that you know maybe won't go over quite well with the fans I think the most comical teams that this is going to impact is a the Dallas Cowboys, um, who oh, are who, who are looking to shell out a forty million dollar contract to Dak Prescott, um, clearly top one quarterback in the league. So he gets top one quarterback in the league money. Um, no, I'm I'm just playing with that. That he's mm-hmm. clearly. I think Dak Prescott's pretty awful. If I'm being completely honest, um, I'm I'm not a Dak fan. But besides that, they they're going to be so so like I don't even know if they could they can keep him. Like I truthfully do not know if Dak Prescott could, if the Cowboys can keep Dak Prescott, if the league doesn't uphold the salary cap. Because where in God's name would they're currently stack? Like they love to stack heavy level contracts on that team. So where are you going to fit Dak Prescott in between Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and um, geez, their pass rusher? What's their pass rusher's name? Um, Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, Demarcus, Demarcus Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Um, where the where the hell are you going to get that money? That, that, that's my question. Then another team, Kansas City Chiefs, who are about to have to pay Patrick Mahomes big time money. Yeah, and I believe I believe even as soon as like a week ago, they had like seventy dollars in cap space. Actually, like like the most comically close to the cap <laughs> number I have ever seen. Um, so some good accounting right there. Yeah, yeah, very good accounting. They're they're very they're very careful about, about what they're doing. Um, so yeah, those teams could be pro- would probably be hit the most, um, make things extremely difficult on the team. I truthfully don't even know how they would be able to even like. Truth be told, I don't even know how they'd be able to keep Patrick Mahomes if that happened. I mean, I they would. That they would just so close to the cap already. Yeah, they would just have to. I mean, I couldn't see a situation where they get rid of Patrick Mahomes. They, I mean, they'd have to cut like everyone. Like yeah, everyone. I mean, they'd have to make some very significant cuts, or Mahomes would have to be willing to take you know a much smaller contract than he desires. Obviously, um, not to jump the gun on like the whole like transition and the next topic though. But for me, like with the Bears immediately, if the salary cap were to go down, or I even think next year in general you know if you look at like someone like Allen robinson you know if that salary cap is to go down mm-hmm. someone like Allen robinson becomes much more expendable you know you can 100%. look at him like if he's looking for some actual like serious money because his production's been there he's been good you know we both acknowledge he's at least a top 10 receiver in this league you know he's gonna be looking for a pretty decent payout it's probably gonna be one of his last bigger contracts you know i mean you know, receivers only have such a long shelf life in this league. I mean, you can play deep in your 30s as a receiver, but, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has proved that, but typically production starts to slow down, and you look at, you know, the Bears kind of have other options there. We talked about, we expect, um, why am I blinking, Anthony Miller to, you know, take a big step up, hopefully, uh, this coming season. You know, someone like Allen Robinson is kind of a bigger name that, you know, a lot of fans will expect to see in a Bears uniform next season that, you know, very mm-hmm. well couldn't be. Yeah, 100%. And if, for you guys who don't know, uh, the next topic, of course, is players 
who we love that may have a limited time with the Bears. Um, we're talking 2021 free agency players we might lose. Uh, before we get into that, one last comment I want to make is what happens to Aaron Rodgers if the salary cap goes down? Because the Packers just drafted a quarterback. The Packers right. just drafted a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is taking up a large amount of their cap. You don't know. You don't really know what happens there. I think in that situation, I, he already has a limited, a limited time with the Packers. There's no way that he, if this something like this happens that we're outlining, like this particular scenario, he has to be a free agent. Yeah, one hundred percent. He he becomes a free agent. So that would be, that would heavily benefit the Bears if they could somehow manage to get him on their roster. That'd be absolutely amazing. Um, but that being said, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. Players, again, players who we love who may have a limited time with the Bears. I, I guess we'll go through this. I'll give a name, Reese. You give a name. Um, yeah, yeah. The first name that I got is Tariq Cohen. You know. That's an interesting one. I, on, I, I, I glanced over Tariq Cohen, and I, and I thought, man, like he's someone that the Bears, I think Bears fans have really kind of fallen in love with, uh, particularly kind of like in a Devin Hester kind of way, right? He's a real a real game breaker, <laughs> someone that, you know, really, you know, has the ability to turn the game on its head, can switch momentum, in which I think the Bears lacked, you know, in the years kind of between having Hester and Tariq Cohen. But at the same time, we talked about his inability to, you know, fit into the offense, right? You know, at times, it seems like he was kind of forced into certain play calls that maybe didn't really make sense. Matt Nagy not really knowing how to utilize him in the right way. It's someone that I think that Bears fans would be pretty upset to see leave. But at the same time, you have to really kind of gauge what is his worth with this team. He is mm-hmm. kind of a niche player. And he does good things on special teams and on the offense. But could that money be best used elsewhere? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is trying to figure out a value for Tariq Cohen. He's such a unique player that he becomes kind of a, a difficulty in discerning how much he's worth, what contract we should give him. And I just I have a feeling that he is going to have a lot larger of a number in his head than the Bears are going to want to pay him. And, you know, Tariq Cohen, he's a good player, but he's definitely someone who the Bears can get rid of, if I'm being completely honest. He, he is a traditional. Um, he's obviously kind of in the same mold as um, uh, Darren, Spro- Darren Sproles, uh, right. who, 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 who did spend some time with other teams because I think that, you know, they, they had the same issue is because it's, it's really hard to value him. Um, yeah, I think that's all to really be said about Tariq Cohen. I would not be surprised, COVID or not, um, co- or, or lower salary cap or not, if he is not on the Bears next season. I think one name that jumped out to me was uh, Roy Robertson-Harris. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, he – I really like what he did. I, I, you know, He really had some like splash games last year too. I mean, I, you know, really what jumps off the page of me is the first game last year when I think he was the best player on the defense against the Packers last year. I mean, it seemed like he was getting in the backfield every time, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, playing with Khalil Mack, you know, really shores up a lot of space. Roy Robertson Harris is almost always in a one-on-one matchup. And I think that kind, of, that kind of proves that maybe, you know, he might be looking for a bit, especially depending on performance coming up. If he has another good season... He's going to be looking for a bit of a pay bump. You know, the Bears probably go, you know, hey, we're hanging on to Cleo Mack. He's going to continue to free up space. We can probably go out here and either draft a guy 
or pick up someone on free agency for a pretty small contract that's still going to be able to get loose and be able to get loose on like a one-on-one matchup and get to the quarterback and disrupt the run. And not to mention, they just drafted Gibson, who is very similar to his mold, and we also have Bilal Nichols. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's really... It honestly wouldn't surprise me if we end up trading him because I think he has a lot more value than people might think. So maybe, you know, at the trade deadline, we consider, you know, shipping him out, getting a little bit of value from him. Um, but yeah, he's a player that I think ultimately will end up uh, not not being re-signed by the Bears because, hey, we don't really need him. We're so deep at that position. It just wouldn't make sense to invest more money there. We already have options that are, you know, low cost, high upside that we, we already really appreciate. But tons of respect for Roy Robinson Harris. Um, obviously came in here with Jonathan Bullard, a fourth, I believe he was a fourth round pick for us, a third round pick for us. Yep. Um, and him and Roy Robinson Harris coming in as an undrafted free agent and obviously played well better than Jonathan Bullard um, throughout that time. So it just goes to show you how how good Ryan Pace is at grabbing these undrafted free agent guys. Um, and you know, obviously how he can work, yeah, work on a little bit some of his drafting skills, especially in the higher rounds. But uh, another player who I truthfully believe this is his last year with the season, with the team. I truthfully believe it. And if the Bears get off to, you know, a slow start and they're not playing that well, I could see this player being moved mid-season, okay? Right. And that player is Kyle Fuller. I have a ton of respect for Kyle Fuller. I think that he did a great job uh, re- redoing his career, fixing his career, and he's obviously the the golden boy that Mitchell Trubisky should be looking up to. Is someone who you know showed some potential early on. Um, and then, you know, went through some issues, wasn't really able to get on the field, and then ultimately became, you know, all pro, pro bowler type player. Kyle Foley is a really good cornerback. I think he is a top five cornerback in the NFL, truthfully. But I don't believe he is a great fit with Chuck Pagano. Um, Chuck Pagano tends to, you know, more heavily desire these man corners, um, these guys who are, who are, who are really good in press. And Kyle Fuller really isn't that guy. And I also have a lot of faith in Jalen Johnson. I think Jalen Johnson is a number one cornerback in this league. I think he could be one of the best cornerbacks in this league. I think he's so versatile. He's got such good IQ for the game. And I think that he can become the Bears number one cornerback. And on top of that, I also have a ton of faith in Kendall Vildor. Another player who I absolutely love, and I think he's a great fit for the Bears. So Kyle Fuller, he's due twenty million after the season, um, and you can you can get off of that contract and possibly get a first round pick for him. That seems like if you get offered a first round pick for Kyle Fuller, and you're not having a great season, that's a that's a home run value. That's a home run value. I, I think it was clear that with this Bears draft getting Vildor and Jalen Johnson. That I feel like Kyle Fuller already has a foot out the door in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like that really was kind of the tipping point where I, at least in my head, that clicked that Kyle Fuller, this is probably his last year with the team. Like you said, you know, depending on how the Bears start, if it goes south quickly and they have the ability to go out and get some real good draft capital by moving Kyle Fuller and there's really not much to lose. I could definitely see it happening. I mean, the Bears have a very, I think the secondary, you know, along with uh, their kind of edge rushers and, you know, D-line as a whole, it is probably the deepest part of this Bears team. And, you know, as much 
I wouldn't mind seeing Kyle Fuller back in a Bears uniform in 2021. I think that he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you do speak some truth that he doesn't fit as well in Pagano's defense as he did even in Fangio's. We kind of saw that rebirth once Fangio came back, you know, where we got to see the Kyle Fuller that we saw within like his first two years, you know, because it was looking like Kyle Fuller started really strong and then he kind of fell off. He was starting to look like a bust a little bit. Vic Fangio comes back. He gets a little bit... Uh, gets a little bit of a boost up when we where I have the Kyle Fuller that we have today. Um, of course, he played alongside uh, or opposite of Prince of Mukamara, and it was a pretty good uh, cornerback pairing, but Kyle Fuller mm-hmm. was definitely the superior of them. Uh, but, you know, bringing in Jalen Johnson, uh, man, I, I think that we're really going to kind of see that gap of who, who's, pl- who's playing opposite of each other to really kind of shrink. And then we're going to mm-hmm. kind of see that the Bears can probably afford to move on from him. And you know, for that reason, I, I do, I do agree, you know, with you almost completely on what you said. Other than the fact that I think that, you know, if you were to come back in 2021, and not that you weren't saying this, you know, but if you were to come back in 2021, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be upset. But maybe I'd think in a way that, you know, I'd want to see where the methodology comes from of where what they they could be doing better things with that money that they would be saving. Mm-hmm. You know, in a way, I kind of do want to see Kyle Fuller leave. Just because, you know, in a possibly tightening cap scenario, he's someone that's kind of easier to move on from. And maybe that's talking a little yeah. preemptively, you know, because we have yet to see Jalen Johnson play. But, you know, I think that he's going to be a really good fit. And when we're just looking at a team building aspect of this, $20 million for a cornerback is not good value. Um, for a team because you know the cornerback position obviously an important position but on the defense one of the lesser important positions you know you're supposed to build you know the cliche is always build uh, build a defense through the middle and build a defense from the front back um, so cornerback is obviously one of the lesser priorities we saw you know obviously um, uh, the Eagles win a Super Bowl with you know some pretty poor cornerback play <laughs> um, and and I think and I think that the Bears can absolutely do that as well they have such a good front seven that you can really get away with you know not as much talent in the cornerback core and you know 20 million dollars there's a lot of better places we can spend that especially when you consider the possible draft value that we can get for Kyle Fuller Kyle Fuller is a player who I believe we can get a first round pick for, or at very least a high second, a I high second round he, pick. He's a borderline first, you know, kind of, kind of depends yeah. like what his uh, quote unquote, like form is at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I think if you get, you send him to a team who is trying to make a Super Bowl run, you can get a first out of them for sure. For sure. Like, a, like, a, like a first, uh, a first out of them for sure. And here's, here's the other, um, here's the other, you know, aspect to this is that, the Bears could potentially use that draft capital and whoever or wherever they land in the first round this coming season to move up and get a quarterback for the future, which would be huge. And it just makes so much more sense. Not only do you land yourself the quarterback for the future, but you free up a lot of cap space while doing so. Yep. And, and on the topic of quarterbacks, I feel like this one's kind of an easy one to say, but Mitch Trubisky, I feel like it had to be said. Um, of mm-hmm. course, you know, the Bears did decline his fifth-year option. So, you know, that makes 2021 his his year, you know. So I think that there's obviously a chance that um, there's obviously a hey, chance. Hey, Ryan that, Pace came out saying he believes in Mitch. I, I know, I know. And, and they've been saying that forever, but yet their, their <laughs> options, you know, their actions don't really follow suit with what they're saying. No, they do not. Um, you know, obviously there's a chance that Mitchell Trubisky doesn't start as a quarterback this year. Um, 
you know, I, I feel like there is kind of more, I think Foz, you know, really brushed on this a lot, you know, that the soon as Nick Foles starts over Trubisky, if the Trubisky project is over, you know, that's mm-hmm. really going to take the full You can't way. walk it back. What? You can't walk it back. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't, can't go back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's either Mitch is your guy at the start of the season or he's not or, you know, if Nick Foles ever ends up stepping in for him, that really ends things. So, you know, I think there's a very good chance that Nick Foles is going to be starting some fo- or starting some games for, for the Bears in this coming season. So I think that really mm-hmm. ultimately kind of puts Mitchell Trubisky on his way out. Me, you know, Austin and I have been very, very vocal about our want to get a quarterback high up in next year's draft. I think that getting rid of Mitchell Trubisky just ultimately frees up that roster spot. And I think that signing him to another contract is kind of just would be silly, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. And especially with how deep the quarterback class is this coming season, whatever potential Mitch Trubisky has, there's a lot of guys in this class that have even more potential than that. Um, and, you know, here's a, here's going to be a little bit of a controversial one. Obviously, we're not talking about solely next year. We're talking about the near future, right? Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles, as, as I know, <laughs> many of us have good faith in Nick Foles. We believe in him. We believe that he may be able to do it for one season. But what we shouldn't believe is that he's going to be our long-term answer at the quarterback position because he's not going to be. I hate to be the bad news the bad news breaker to everyone, but Nick Foles, his time is limited on this roster from the day he steps foot in House Hall. Okay? He could have a 30-touchdown season, and I would still say that because he is just not a consistent player. He is meant to be a guy who, you know, can you know can come in for a season and play potentially pretty well for us. I think that I and Reese, both Reese and I believe that he is going to have a good season when he finally does come in. But that does not diminish the fact that the Bears need to go out and get their cor- franchise quarterback for the first time ever in one of the deepest quarterback drafts of all time next season. Yeah. Nick yeah. Foles is limited. He Nick Foles is is a bridge quarterback. Yeah, he's kind of bridging in my opinion, he's bridging the Trubisky generation to whoever the next new quote unquote franchise quarterback that the Bears are gonna draft is gonna be. You know, he's simply mm. kind of a stopgap. Um, he's ultimately what Mike Glennon was when he was brought in. I mean, we can only hope he's going to be a lot better. better but <laughs> Mike Glennon was there to bridge, um, you know, the Jay Cutler era to the Mitchell Trubisky era. You know, and no one really anticipated Trubisky having to come in as early as he did. But, you know, it's kind of the same premise. I, I think Nick Foles, at maximum, is going to play his contract for the Bears, and that's going to be it. I, I don't see mm-hmm. a situation where he ends up, you know, getting a a new contract. Uh, he would have to come out and win back to back Super Bowls with this team, I think, in order to really accomplish yeah. that. One hundred percent. And I think even then, the Bears probably wouldn't even sign him to that long of a contract because, you know, he does have a lot of mileage. You know, on he's been playing in this league for a little while now. He's not really someone that you can really lock in long term for a long time and expect him to be playing at the highest level that you know is required to be a contender and compete for Super Bowls in this league. Nick Foles is our Alex Smith. He's a guy that you're bringing in to, you know, do good enough while you figure out your quarterback situation. So it's not something that, you know, you're going to get called out and fired for, but like he he just, he's, he's not 
the player that you want under center. He's going to be he he's a stopgap. I mean, that's what it is. We have to accept that as Bears fans. He's not going to become an MVP. If he becomes an MVP, God, please, please, please let me be wrong. Please let me be wrong. I would love to be posting this up. I'd love for everyone to be posting this up saying, look how wrong, you know, Austin was. But he's not going to be an MVP. Okay. So we, we have to really think realistically about the future. And I think that's why we kind of did this segment is that there are a lot of players that we like that we can move on from. The Bears have can have the opportunity to really remake this team in the next couple of years um kind of not not you know not rebuild it but retool it a little bit and really have a really good team because even if you get rid of all the guys we just mentioned this team is still stacked this team still has so much talent at every position um you know it's really going to be a good time for bears fans and i i i have a really positive outlook about our future yeah I, ultimately i think you know there's a lot of a lot of positives on this roster you know, in the coming year, the Bears just really, really need to to find that solution to the quarterback problem. I think it's enough time. You know, enough time has passed now where we've just been kind of dwindling. You know, dwindling our thumbs and, and not doing anything mm-hmm. about it. It's time to take action and go out there and actually be serious about getting some real quarterback development going on. Drafting a quarterback high. You know, me and Austin or Austin and I, my my grammar sucks. Um, have <laughs> called for. Uh, called even in this draft for the bears to draft a quarterback at some point and they didn't and i think it kind of just shows their lack of awareness and you know their lack of adaptation in a way but you know i also do have to acknowledge that ryan pace has built what looks on paper to be an absolutely incredible defense and there's nothing really to to discourage me or make me think otherwise and offensively they really kind of strengthen a lot of the positions you know the Bears never really shored up that offensive line in the way that we thought, but they definitely did add some more depth. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they play out on the field, you know, in this COVID-19 world and our in our strange times. And we're really just going to have to wait and see how everything shakes out. But ultimately, I think that, you know, no matter how these games are played, the Bears should be a uh, definite contender in the coming season. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited for it. Um, even though we have these questions with COVID-19, I'm really excited for this season. And we, we're even more excited for this podcast. We have such high hopes for this podcast. Um, we're really looking to make a big impact this season. Me, Reese and I, we, we view everything that we're doing right now as just the foundation of everything we want to do in the future so if you're listening if you listen to this point in the podcast we're guessing you liked it a little bit go ahead and subscribe to us so you can listen to you know every one of our podcasts so you can hear you know the latest news about all the all all things bears you can stay entertained during this you know sometimes strenuous extra long off season um and you know look out next week we're gonna have chris maltby um, from the Bear Down podcast joining us on the show. Um, and we're going to be just, you know, talking even more things Bears. We, if, you, if you like the show, also go ahead, leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you want from the podcast. Let us know uh, what we can do better. Um, we really appreciate that. And um, with that, Reese, I think, uh, I think that's the end of the show. Yep. Thank you all for listening, and uh, you'll be hearing from us soon. Bear Down, guys.